James 5.12. Okay, so when I was down in South Carolina, the church that we went to was called North Hills Community Church, and uh, the pastors preached through the Sermon on the Mount um, at one point. That was one of the series that they did, and they would take turns tackling different parts. And it's interesting how different sermons stick in your mind, and they just, they just never leave you. And uh, there was one in particular in that series. There's a few that kind of I remember a little bit, but there's one that I, I just have never forgotten. It was just really good, really to the point. Um, and it wasn't the main guy that normally spoke. It was uh, somebody else, uh, one of the, I think it was the music pastor. I'm trying to think of his name right now. I just remember he was really tall. Um, but he was preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 to 37, which we're going to look at in just a second, which you can probably imagine what it is based on our verse for today. So James 5.12, but above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. That's the verse, pretty straightforward. It comes from, as a lot of these teachings do, it comes from uh, Matthew chapter 5, it comes from the Sermon on the Mount. So let's look over there, Matthew chapter 5. There's actually a lot of things in James. I think that's an interesting thing to look at. There's a lot of things in James that have to do with the Sermon on the Mount. You can tell that James picked up those teachings of Christ and was relaying those things. Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 to 37, Jesus teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, and this was... Multiple times he says this. You've heard, this is what you've heard, but I tell you. This is what you've heard, but I tell you. Um, You've heard it said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Uh, But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, you cannot make one hair white or black. Not really. <laughs> Maybe kinda. <laughs> Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. I think it's pretty powerful words that we say when we're saying these things. If I were to ask you what the main gist of this is, what would you say? What's the main idea? Okay. That's good because that ties back to something else in James, right? If the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have a proverb, I think. Proverbs ten nineteen, When words are many, transgression is not lacking. Whoever restrains his lips is prudent. And there's another one that says, um, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps his mouth shut, I think is the NIV version of that. I always love that one. Um, anybody else? What, what's the main gist of this James and this one? Yeah. Do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I think, in fact, I'm, I'm going to lean into that for a second. We'll talk about the oath part in just a second. But uh, one of the main things, like if it, you look at any of the commentaries, one of the main things that is being nailed on here is that, that yes be yes, no be no. One of the things that was going on in this time period is that there was this sense of, and the Pharisees, in fact, you, I don't know if we'll take the time to look at it, but Matthew 23, um, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he talks about how they had like all these different rules about how they swore, and so like, I'll swear by the temple, but I, you know, that's not going to hold me to it, but if I swear by this, it's going to be, the, and there's a whole little thing there, you can look at that, Matthew 23, we may look at it in a second, but the idea was, I had to swear by things to tell you this is really what's going to happen. And that's, that's the main thing that Jesus is knocking down here is your word, what you say, should be exactly what you're going to do, right? It, 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 you, shouldn't, you should not require oaths for everything that you say. I'm going to do this. Now, this is why um, this stuck out to me so big from that time that we were down south. Uh, the guy, he was the music leader, um, and he, one of the things he nailed, and I knew uh, there's a lot of people squirming when he did it, but he was talking about, I mean, this is a huge church. We had uh, over 1,000 people per service, so they had a great big praise and worship team, and he said, he started nailing things like, if you were singing, if the practice starts at 8, be there at 8. Don't be there at 8.15. Uh, he was talking about, and he brought up nursery. If you say you're going to do nursery, do nursery. If you can't make it, right? You, well, you should make it. If something comes up, I mean, there's things that you can do. But just like all churches, and I think just like a lot of things, we've got people who say, oh, I'll be there, I'll help do this, and they volunteer for things, and then they just don't show. And this is one of those things that just says, hey, if you say I'm going to do something, do it. And that was one of the main things he talked about. I tell you, it was one of those uncomfortable Sundays, right? There was a lot of people that were like, ooh. Because this is such a small thing, but it, it was impacting that church, that big church. Um, him as the music leader, I know he was going out on a ledge because, you know, I wasn't part of the music team, obviously, but... Uh, um, I'm sure that he was, there were some people that knew exactly who he was referring to, even though he was trying not to refer to anybody specifically, to get up there and say, hey, if you say you're going to be in music practice at this time, you be there, right? Do this. Things that you dedicate yourself to do, do. I'll never forget that. It altered my, my way of thinking on, on so many things. I mean, I, I was kind of of that mindset anyway. I'm one of those, like, if you're not five minutes early, you know, I'm... I'm kind of of that mindset anyway, but uh, it, it just solidified that even more, that it's not just a, a good standard to follow. It's actually something that Jesus teaches. This is, your, your word should be truth, right? Your word should be truth, how important that is. Um, okay, so I want to open it up a little bit for discussion. There's some other passages I want to look at that gives some background to this. But I just want to start with that piece right there. Um, thoughts on that whole, that whole concept, the way he presented it, the way I've shared it right now. Thoughts?
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's Judges, could be, maybe. It sounds like a crazy thing that would happen in Judges. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that, so, so things that we could talk about off of this, but are, dire- I mean, it's still directly connected to it. Frivolous oaths, right? I'm gonna, I always think of the, the guys that, Swore, we're not going to taste food to Paul the Apostle's dead in Acts. You know that story? We're not going to, and he escapes. I'm always like, how long, who gave in first? <laughs> or did they stick with it? We're not going to eat until they all starved to death. I, I doubt that. Um, but those frivolous sort of oaths, like I'm not going right, to think through. A great little side issue we could go down um, is if you go back to that Leviticus passage, it's Leviticus, um, where is it at? Or Numbers. Numbers chapter 30 is one of them. There is one in Leviticus as well, but I have the Numbers 30, where it talks about oaths, where if you, if you do make an oath, keep it, right? What's that? <laughs> yeah, but that whole rest of that chapter is about um, if... You're a woman who makes an oath that falls underneath the guidance of your husband, or if you're a daughter that makes an oath that falls underneath the guidance of the father, that the whole rest of the chapter is about that. That's not politically correct right now, is it? Um, but we could go down that avenue. Yeah. Mm. Yes. No. Yes. Charity, we were talking about, it's the let your yes be yes and your no be no. I know that she, that, that passage stuck out to her as well. Remember we were at North Hills? What was the guy's name? Matt. Oh, how did I forget that? <laughs> I was trying to think of his name. What is it? I can't remember. Well, I think, and I do think about Um, <clears throat> I think too. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. He's. This is James talking to the brethren. Mm-hmm. So this isn't. This isn't written or meant for the heathen outside of the four walls of the room he's in. It's, it, it was. The Holy Spirit 
it's so important that as we walk out of this church and show up to work on Monday, that the things we say and do are, are bridled by the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. because they're watched by the world. And the day we say yes and we, we show up no or whatever is the day somebody puts another little check yeah. in the box and says, Christians, mm -hmm. they always say they're going to and then they never do whatever, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Maybe not false understanding. That's the scary thing. Yeah. Um, I want to go to a pa another passage of Scripture just to see what you think here. If you turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, this is the very end of the book of Thessalonians. Paul the Apostle is writing to the church of Thessalonica, and he was wanting them to make sure that this letter that he wrote to them goes to others as well. Everybody reads it. We want everybody to read it. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 27. I don't know if I said the right verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, 27. If anybody has an ESV Bible, how does it state it in the ESV Bible? Anybody have an ESV Bible? 1 Thessalonians 5, 27. Anybody, if you're there, just read it. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so... So I, I throw this one in there, and it's interesting. Uh, some versions don't translate it the same way, but I did look it up, and that I put you under oath. The word that's translated there as oath, it's the same word as you see oath in these other places. It is, he is putting them under an oath, but it's, it's phrased in such a way where it's like, I'm putting, you, I'm putting you under this, right? So now, I don't think that the text that we just read is... is necessarily crossing out any oaths whatsoever, right? There can be things that we say, this is something I have to dedicate or promise myself to do or promise someone else I'm going to sign this or do this or whatever I need to do, contract myself to these things. It's not like every single version of this is knocked out of it. Does that make sense? In fact, I'm going to give you another example of it, but just think about that one. Paul is, in this case, he's saying to the Thessalonians, I'm putting you under an oath. Make sure you read this, right? Um, let me do one other one, because it goes along with the, that same concept. Acts 18.18, 18. some of you may know what this one is, where this is going. Uh, Acts 18.18, 18. we're all over the place, but that's where we're at right now. Acts 18.18. It's Paul the Apostle, and he's... <clears throat> so, he's returning. He says, after this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria with him Priscilla and Aquila. Um... He says that this city, I'm not going to try to pronounce that, he had cut his hair, for he was, what's that say right there? Under a vow. So there's not much of an explanation there other than the fact that whatever this vow was must have been I'm not cutting my hair as part of this vow. That's interesting. Um, but then he'd been under this vow. We don't know, I mean, you know, I've looked it up, there's, 
guesses, but there's no real clear cut. This is what this was. There's thoughts that it may have been part of a, he may have been following the Nazarite vow. Maybe even for just a set amount of time, which is interesting because I usually don't think of it that way. I think of the Nazarite vow as something that somebody lifelong dedication to. Um, we don't know. It's a guess. But you can see in this, there's, there's some, here's just two examples of times where taking an oath of doing something, taking a vow. So when we go back to James, which says, Above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. I think, again, that James is really dealing with those frivolous oaths or the, I'm going to swear to you this is true. And it's like you've got to a place in your life where you have to do that or people don't believe you, right? Um, I think that's the two things that he's battling there. In fact, there are some other passages of Scripture I didn't jot down, but um, I think they are, yeah, here they are. Romans 1, 9, 2 Corinthians 1, 23, and Philippians 1, 8. All three of those, Paul says, God is my witness. And the reference, they reference those in my commentary because it's, that's what uh, sometimes an oath would look like. As God is my witness, this is true. As God is my witness. And so there's three cases where Paul does that in a letter. God is my witness, this is true. Um, but this overall sense of like frivolously doing it or getting to the point where you've just got to, I, I swear it's true, I promise this time, right? Um, both those things are shot down. Uh, so let me ask this. What are some ways, now I gave you some examples, but I, I, let's, let's just get real specific. What are some ways that we, let's start right here in the church, and you can use ones I've already said. What are ways that we in this church can follow this? Think simple. Don't get complicated. RSVP for Thursday and then show up. That's a great one. RSVP for Thursday and then show up. If you, right? if you RSVP, then, you, then you're going to come. That's a good, right? Oh, absolutely. 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 But, yeah. No, I think, I think this is dealing with the one, the, the, well, let's go with the Thursday night. Um. Hey, we're going to be there, and then you're like, it's Thursday, and it's 4.30, and you're like, man, I don't want to, I don't really feel like it. I mean, it's one thing if you're like, you know, uh, please stay home. But even then, can you, I can't make it, I mean, well, then see, that's the thing, you wouldn't necessarily... But your, your word should be as good as an oath, I think is what he's saying. So if you say you're going to be there, you should be there. Unless, obviously, unless that Lord willing is to attached to it, right? Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not law. Yeah, it's not law. But let's be honest. We live in a society where not everybody follows that. It, it thinks, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, they'll get over it. They, you know, it's, uh, you know, whatever. It's too easily. And this is a thing. That we can talk about, right? Well, I think that um, when you're saying coming to somebody that may be there 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that I'm not sure if people overstay that, you know, yeah. like, but yeah, that's I think. I think that if if a sign that you may be overdoing it is if you feel the need to tell somebody, no, really, this time I'll do it, I promise. <laughs> if you if if you gotta tack on to a statement to somebody that that's probably because there's been some other times where you said you were going to do it, and then you didn't do it. And they're like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And then you, if you're like, no, 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 really, 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 I'm going to do it this time. I mean, if that, I think that's a great sign of like, hey, there's something off here. Um, your word has lost its yes and yes and no is no. Now you have to throw it. You're going to have to be forced to throw in these oaths, just promise that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Right? I think that's a good example. Uh, other ways in, the tr- in, in here. That was a great one. Another one. Let's, let's name some of the ones I've already said. Yeah? Saying you're going to pray for them. Mm, oh, that's a good one. Say, yeah. And this is super hard. It is. It, like, it slips off the tongue mm-hmm. as fast as you can't even believe it. Mm-hmm. In the church study, I'll pray for you. I'll oh, I'll pray for you. Yeah. I'll pray about that. I'll pray for you. And then we, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which feels like I'm shortchanging, like I'm trying to check the box, but mm-hmm. it is easy to say, commit to someone that you're going to pray. Yeah. And, you don't. and uh, uh, I found, I don't do this all the time, depends on the setting, but sometimes if somebody's right there in a situation, I'll say, well, can I just pray for you right now? Um, I think that's a great way to do that. But yeah, I mean, I, I will sometimes if I'm on the phone with somebody and, hey, could you pray for me? Absolutely. If I don't pray for them over the phone with them, get off the phone and like, I'm going to do this right now. I think that's a, yeah, I think it's a good one. Uh, I'm going to throw this one out. Nursery. If you say you're going to do nursery, do nursery. If you can't make it, call somebody. Tell them I can't make it so we're not just like sending the kids out to nobody. <laughs> right? What else? In the, in the church. That's good. So this could veer into the, the idea of like when we're here with each other, how we communicate with each other, what's going on, right? How you doing? What's going on? How can I pray for you? What's happening here? Like honesty, right? Honesty in those things. This is what's happening. This is where I'm struggling. That that's becomes an important thing. Um, let's expand it a little bit. How can we do this in the world? Yeah. Um, one of my besties, we're um, not always productive, let's just say. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we can easily slip into, like, watching TV and laying on the couch and, you know, part of, like, depression or whatnot. And so we have started to be accountable to each other. Mm. And so at night, you know, we're, we talk about 
my dishes, I want to sweep, and I want to read my Bible. And so then, um, God will, you know. And so then the next day, we've already told our accountability partner what we're going to do. And so sometimes that motivates me that, like, okay, so I've got to make sure I wash my dishes because I just told that thing last night. Mm. And so we've enjoyed doing that. That's that, good. You know, three goals, two goals, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Uh, how about this one? Um, when you get a job and they tell you the start time and you say, okay, I'd like to have this job, are you not saying, yes, I will be there at the start time? Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is work time, not Amazon shopping time, right? Um, huh? You can't say that in church. But I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna point that out. Um, well, so. I think it's, it really is a cultural issue that I don't think gets addressed enough, but I think as Christians, let's address it as Christians, because I can remember when I got hired at McLean way back in the day, whenever that was, but it had to have been 90-whatever. The, the first 90 days that you worked, they did not give you any sick days, any days off. And if you missed a day, I mean, they didn't care. You missed a day, they didn't keep you. You're out. That's how it was. Um, and people that wanted a job, they stuck it out. I can remember um, one of those days, I was going to DAC at the same time, and I was taking a zoology class. And uh, the teacher that day had decided to bring in um, uh, whatever... It had been being squid is what he had. And for fun that day, it was like, let's fry some up and eat them. They did not sit well. I went to work and was barfing my guts out all night. But I went because I needed to keep my job. Because even after the 90 days, you only got, I think, two sick days a year and no vacation days. They didn't give you vacation days for the first, like, year. Right? Um, when Samuel got hired on at McLean, I don't remember what the details were, but I've talked to some other people. There's, they, in your first nine days, you get so many, they didn't call them sick days anymore, they call them call-off days. You, and they, they give you some, at least, you have a few of them. I mean, if you call, as long as you call, you're okay. I don't remember how many it was. Do you remember how many it was? You didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I, I remember thinking when he got that, like that first 90 days, he had two or three. And I was like, dang, things have changed. Well, he did that for a minute at, um, at school because of like 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kids. Kids. Yeah. Kids. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a that's totally a thing that and you, you'd be you would be shocked at how few kids I, I, I haven't had one class where every kid has shown up yet. And I'm in I've had a week and a day of school already. I haven't had one class where every kid has shown up first day of school. I had a class that was supposed to have 28, had, had 20. I had one class that was supposed to have 17, had five kids, right? Um, the Anything can, can stop them from, from coming. And then they get into the workplace. And I, Now, I'm not just sitting up here like being like, what, what do they call? I'm not, I'm not a boomer. I'm not that age, whatever I am, but, but, but anybody that's, I got gray hair, and so if I'm up here and I've got gray hair and I'm talking about, you should be to work on time, people are like, oh, you know, come on, but there, what'd you say? I said, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but. It's, that's a real, that's, that, there's a sign. Of, in fact, um, I, I've talked to some other people that have some other, like, business owners around here, and they talk about, like, set, like the fast food places, and they talk about, you know, like, the difficulty to, to have, like, used to be, you know, that was teenagers coming to work at McDonald's and all these other, like, just the difficulty of having, just show up. And, frankly, we, we can sit here all day and, and be like, this is a problem with society, this is a problem with culture, I'm not trying to address that. What I'm talking about is we should be this way. So kids, teens that have jobs, if, you, if you're scheduled to work, go to work, right? Not, not because your parents, and I don't have that many teens in here, so I, I'm, I'm trying not to make direct eye contact. So not because, um, <laughs> not because it just makes your parents look good or not just because your parents said so, but because... One of the things that Jesus taught in his Sermon on the Mount, he worked it in there amongst uh, several other things, is let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you say you're going to be at work at this time, you could be at work at that time. Yeah. Well, I, I was noticing the context of this is pretty important as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. And you notice, like, the whole context here is going back to Jesus' sermon on the mount, where he's basically highlighting you're using this, so you don't have to use this one. Mm -hmm. He's highlighting like you're you're still swearing by God's creation. You're still doing yeah. And there's this general, and I, you know, 
So, so let me, I want to stem off that. So I, don't, I hope I'm not going too far off from what we're saying here, but you just reminded me. I think a great example of that, and since she's not here, I'm going to use Simone as an example. Um, now, she's in a different situation now, but I can remember when she first came back to Christ and she was trying to do what was right. She was living on her own. And to, to try and move from where she was at to where she should be, which included, I'm going to work, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to provide, I'm going to do these things as best of my ability. The, the hurdle of getting over that, it, th- there was a lot of setbacks. If I want to try to be God's kind of person, and this money that I'm earning is my money that I've earned, I went to work and I've earned this and I'm able to pay my bills and this is the things I ought to be doing, it was a, it was a hurdle. You remember that? I mean, it was just such a hurdle to get over that. And she was, she was trapped in this little, there's this, there's this hump, and I've noticed a lot of people struggle with this. There's this hump of like, I'm dependent on the government, and I can keep it that way. Um, in fact, a lot of people, there, there's got to be some measure of deception there because I can, I can remember one time when I was in Wisconsin that... Uh, I was working at a Target distribution center, and they would go through a, a slow time every year at a certain period of time. They're like, it was always really slow. Um, we had these other times working 10-hour days, but this, this one period of time. And so they had this policy where they would, they would say, I don't think it was in writing, but they'd say, if you take a two-week layoff and file for unemployment, we won't contest it, right? And um, I tried it one time. It was such a hassle. You had to like prove this and prove this and go through all that. It wasn't worth it <laughs> in the long run. Um, but I can remember thinking, how are, like, because you had to show I'm trying to get a job or you had to apply. I'm like, how are people able to stay on this for years? Like, what is going on? There must be some measure of, especially when you. I lived in that situation. Mm. Mm. Um, as you know, uh, to some degree, I've gone through that. Yeah. You know, it's like um, you have full insurance. Yeah. Everything. Medical card. You, um, if you make, uh, if you make more, then your rent goes up. Yeah, you lose all this stuff. Yeah, and so you lose everything. You get a link card. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a pretty substantial. Yeah. Or kids, your link goes up. Yep. And so when you get a job, all that goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it is a tough hurdle. It is a t- it is so difficult. I can remember Simone just wrestling with it where it's like it don't, it almost felt not worth it. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that this comes back this is where I think there is a connection to this like to say okay this this is 
the right thing to do. I'm going to do this even if I lose all of this, right? I mean, I, I love the fact, it's a love-hate. I love the fact that if somebody is down on their luck, there's things in place to help them. But the way it is, it's so difficult for them to get out of that rut. And, but as Christians, this is one of those things. I don't, is that too, am I stretching this too much? Your yes be yes and your no be no. Like being honest, being genuine. Yeah. There's this invisible man mm-hmm. that I've made agreements with. And it's basically going to say, pay your debts. Mm. Okay, every time you swipe the credit card, you're making an agreement yeah. with the man. Now, that's private. Like, nobody in this church knows how much I have on my credit card right now. Mm-hmm. So if I decide to break that vow, it's between me and this invisible man mm-hmm. that I don't know. Mm. And, you know, I think it, that, and then we get into big trouble. Yeah. So part of letting your yes be yes and your no be no is acknowledging I've made a vow when I swipe this card mm. that I will pay the money back. Yeah. And like, I think that when you go out to, like, in a church setting, like, I'm looking at Audrey, she's looking at me. It's kind of like if I tell her I'm going to do something at church and then I don't do it, like, then I'm like, oh, I have to live up to it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like here, and she's looking at me like she's looking at me right now, and I'm not going to my vow. And then, you know, so then we, we, we boost up on the fact that we are, oh, yes, I'm keeping my vow at church, but the invisible man out there. We can, we can stick it to him all we want. Yes, and the anonymity. And so you have Christians across the board who are in, in extreme debt. Mm-hmm. Because they're not keeping their balance. Yeah. No. Um, we are almost out of time, but. I was going to say, I like the. It just, I, I missed the first part of your analysis, but it feels like this is kind of a, a little statement right in the middle of things, almost like a proverb where it doesn't necessarily flow from something before mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But Yeah. With our time, with our finances, with our relationships, with all kinds of things. That even if you just spent the next week going through, is this a matter of integrity? Is my yes, my yes, my yes? Mm-hmm. Am, am I honoring yeah. that image of Christ? There's, there's more. Even as you guys were talking, I'm thinking of so many more applications than I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, this is one of those, and I, I've got the, hey, it's time to stop, and... He looked at me and said, it's time to stop. And you know what I did? I said, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to have to stop. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have to stop. But uh, um, I think you had your hand up too. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. That becomes such a valuable thing. If you know that some, there's somebody that is living up to this, it does portray something wonderful, doesn't it?